welcome to the Mindful on Purpose podcast, where we have critical discussions with those working on the front line of domestic violence, uh, primarily uh, first responders, medical professionals. And today we have Tina Roosevelt with us today. She is an ICU nurse. She's also an SADV nurse in Toronto, Canada. She has a wonderful background that we're gonna talk about a little bit um, in helping and caring for nurses as they're caring for others. Uh, Tina invokes courage, action, and wellness into the lives of many all over the world through her experience as a survivor of cancer, abuse, and addictions, and work as a registered nurse, Tina bravely and fearlessly shares her truth and the life-changing practices that allowed her to thrive under some of the most challenging circumstances. In 2010, she developed her Live Well recipe that she credits to changing her life. She delivers her powerful message as a keynote speaker, published author, and meditation expert. Welcome, Tina. Thanks, Christina. It's a real pleasure to be here and chat with you. Yes, thank you so much for being here today. And I didn't even introduce myself. So I'm Christina Blackburn. I am the podcast founder and I'm also the founder of Speranza Human Compassion Project in Vanguard Medicine, where we work to educate uh, first responders, uh, those working on the front line of domestic violence. Um, we do innovation work, we do research. Um, we just provide a, a variety of um, and rich tools for first responders and medical professionals to utilize to better care for victims in their work. So if you wouldn't mind, Tina, tell us a little bit about your background and a little bit about the healthcare in Toronto, because Canada has a little bit of health, different healthcare system than we do here in the US. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, your background in the healthcare system in Toronto. Great. Hi, everybody. Uh, so I'll start with uh, my background is I've been a nurse for 25 years, primarily I see in the U.S. and Canada. So I've been able to be on both sides of the, uh, the border with the healthcare systems and the differences. Uh, as a nurse working in either system, I have found there really isn't a lot of difference when you're actively working in it. Some of the uh, foundational uh, policies are different. But as a nurse, once you get into working and caring with your patients, it, it has a similar feel. It really does, which is interesting. I, I love being a nurse and I've loved working in both countries. I also, as a life experience, I have, um, I, I'm over 10 years sober, so I've walked the journey of sobriety in the healthcare system and as well as the struggles that I've had with the systems <laughs> not being there for me. And I believe that's um, something where there could be improvement on in all healthcare systems, understanding what the, the patient needs no matter what the disease, some diseases are behind in, in um, up-to-date care. I believe that. Uh, I've also worked in the SADV component and it's it's a special area of nursing. 
uh, with uh, the kind of nurses that it draws, it can be very challenging. And that's why I think it's great this work that you're doing, Christina. Overall, all nurses, I believe, are, are in need of more self-care, more loving care for ourselves and each other and within our nurse communities. But the kind of care that the, the patients require in SADV is, is a little more, more intimate and more sensitive. It's a sensitive exchange that carries with it uh, uh, the, the sensitivity, that's a great word, to, to be there for the person in the way that they need and, and meet them where they're at. And a big part of showing up as a nurse or showing up as who you are in this world, I have learned through my journeys of addictions, cancer, being the patient, being the caregiver, that in to show up the way we would all want to show up in the world, it starts with being good with ourselves and grounded and feeling good about who we are and how we're living our life. For example, if we are in a good place ourselves with our relationships and that goes for the relationship with yourself first and foremost. If we like who we are and how we're living our life and if we give care support to that, then that's where my live well recipe comes in that I share. We're able to show up better. We're more in tune with who we are and all of the exchanges we have. And, and to simplify it before we get into more details of what we're really going to talk about with the nursing and how we deliver care. When we're not in a good place ourselves and we go to the grocery store <laughs> and we bump into people, we wait in line, we have exchanges with the, the grocery store clerk, we have different energies and exchanges. The same applies for if we're not in a good place ourselves and we come to work. And it's, it's a broad spectrum need wherever we go that we show up. And that's what we're going to talk about here today. In a lot of this, I'll, I can bring it all back to the live well recipe and self-care. Because underneath all of what we're doing here, it's about love, care, compassion. If we have that for ourselves and our immediate loved ones, there's a ripple. Very true. And in Toronto, as a nurse, it's, it's been a struggle lately with uh, a little more of a struggle with our short staff concerns. That is real. Uh, workload. But, you know, even if you're not short staffed in the nursing profession, workload is is a challenge for many areas in both countries so you don't always have to be short staffed to have workload issues and when the workload issues are there we're having to make choices on how we where we spend our energy that's prioritized and it's not always easy for the healthcare provider and it's not always the utmost uh, desirable outcome of what 
others are receiving. It's just how that works. You can only give so much from one person. Yes, very true. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, so um, what made you want to get into healthcare? Like just what made you want to become a nurse? I love the body. I love chemistry. I love biology. I still am amazed at the body. It's incredible. I I take courses. My husband laughs at me. I'm a geek. I love organic chemistry. So it was a natural fit for me. And my mother's a nurse. She was a nurse. And it was seemed to be a natural progression for me. I do have a caring disposition. Even as a young girl, I was wired to want to help people around me feel better. I always was. And I like to help people make better choices. And when I was younger, before sobriety, I wasn't so good at making choices for myself. So it's been a journey of looking back now to see the amazing power, good care and good choices really has on the unfolding of our life. We control, sure, we don't control it all. I believe that there is a power way greater than me, but we have the power to take care of ourselves and make choices that, that are for our highest that can affect our day-to-day -day life dramatically. And I say that with conviction because I've seen it applied to my life and how it has unfolded in, in a wonderful way. This is so amazing. It's so good because it's very, it's very true. I mean, even when we're talking about victims of domestic violence, a lot of times they don't realize actually how many choices they have for their own lives. And I think that's one of the intersections where if a nurse or a doctor is well-trained in this, they can say, and they realize they have a lot of choices for their own lives, right? Then they can say to this person when they're helping to support them in the moment, you have so many choices in front of you. You could do this and you can do that or you can do this and that, that to help them get on a better path. Right. Because sometimes when you're being victimized, you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. I have to stay here yeah. when actually you don't like there are so many things that you could do to help support yourself. And I think um, that that's just one of the really good keys um, for anyone, like you were saying, but especially for someone who's, you know, being victimized and in crisis. There are always so yeah. many choices in any moment that you can take. Um, there's not just one path. Yeah, and, and yeah. the choice, I just wanted to touch on the choice again, especially with our the victims of sexual assault and domestic violence. It's important for the healthcare providers, but also others, to understand that a lot of our clients and the patients, the victims, they haven't been shaped in their lives growing up to understand their worth, but also they weren't given choices oftentimes. And it's important to remember that. So when you're sharing and teaching choices, 
it may be foreign to them, but it's really powerful when we start taking charge and making. And I know that when I got sober and I started taking charge and making choices to live. And that's not dramatic. I was, I would, I was in the ER and withdrawal seizures and alcohol blood levels so high that I was formed. I was making choices that were killing me. So when I started making choices, and I say that from someone who grew up in a home where I wasn't taught that I had choices and I didn't have self work. So I feel it's really important to bring in the, the point that behind everyone's story, there's a story behind where everyone lands. And I think it's really important to remember that. Yes, this is so powerful. Tell me more, tell me about your book. So I know you wrote a book. I know, um, you know, your book is a lot about overcoming and strategies for individuals to overcome and heal themselves. So let's dive into that a little bit. Um, we know that first responders have a lot of trauma that they experience. They're taking on patients every day. They have high levels of stress. God knows what's going on at home on top of their things that are happening at work. People don't come into hospitals because they're healthy. So they're dealing with a lot of different illnesses and issues all day. And then they have to go home on top of that. So let's talk about some of the strategies that you have in your book to help um, nurses, doctors, survivors, anyone to begin to heal themselves and some strategies for overcoming that you have utilized in your own life and that you are you know, talking about in your book. Thank you. I, I love the book for the primary reason that it changes people's lives. The short version that was the impetus for the book was I had a psychotherapist for many years. I'd been sober for many years. I was on the other side of cancer. And she just said to me, Tina, your story is inspiring. It needs to be shared. It will help people. And she was my cheerleader of life. We all have them, whether it's our parents or someone we meet along the way. She became my cheerleader. So it stoked me to, to do it. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to make her proud. But most importantly was also for us all to realize that we're not alone. And I love the work you're doing because part of the solution is this: these conversations. Even though we're different, we all have our individual struggles, the healthcare provider and the patients, we all have them. And when you hear someone else share about their challenges or struggle or triumphs, it makes you realize you're not so different, you're not so alone, and you too can work through it in a healthy way with healthy choices and strategies. And the book is powerful for that because even though you're not me, you, it's written in a very relatable way. And it also, I share my live well recipe. And I talk about each ingredient in a way that explains the meaning of it. Whether, it, because you have four bodies, mental, physical, spiritual and emotional they all need love and care 
and they're interconnected, just like the indigenous medicine wheel. It's based on that. So when we fulfill the need to support one area of our body or bodies, so physical, it helps our mental. When we support the emotional, it helps the mental. When we support the spiritual, that can support emotional, mental, or all of our interconnectedness. But the importance around understanding that even though it's a small, simple act of self-care that might not seem like it carries a lot of weight and to help an individual feel better, what I like to share in the book explains it also is that each and every act we engage in to support our well-being carries a lot of weight, starting with the intent behind it. Intent behind a self-care act is saying to the universe, I want to be well. And that is heard. And so I talk a lot about my live well recipe and, and my journey. And it gets people moving. Because the other thing I talk about, and it's not always a crowd pleaser. For example, a lot of people say, I want to be happy. Well. Happiness isn't a given. It's not a gift you get because you're alive. It is the result of a lot of good choices. That's happiness. We all want to be well. It's the same thing. There's accountability and responsibility, and they are both in my live well recipe. Because I had to step up, take charge, and do some stuff to fix my life, starting with self-care. And it was as if it was a positive feedback loop that I kept feeding and I felt it and I was elevated in how I felt and how I showed up. And then it just kept getting better and better. And honestly, it still gets better. I'm 10 and a half years sober. I still have a live well recipe. Thank you. And it, I still get to new levels of living. And trust me, it's still tough some days, really tough. But we all have tough days, but the beautiful days and the, the life that I am afforded to live today, I have a safe, secure, loving environment that I wake up in every day. And I built that through my live well recipe. And the energies that I was putting out into the world, how I felt about myself, and how I treated myself, it came back. So it's really in back to the beginning of this conversation, how we show up in the world starts with how we treat ourselves and see ourselves. So that was amazing. Thank you for that share. So when you have like a struggle day, so say you're having a struggle day and it might yep. be struggling at work, your mind, your negative thoughts are going. What's one thing that someone in our audience can do to bring them back to center or to remind them of their intent to be well, live well, have a positive energy? What, what's one strategy? That's a great question because we'll all be in that place you're, you're asking about. If you don't, we all have routine and routine feels good for a reason. Just like in the army, in the Navy, they make you make your bed because it 
fosters a feeling of control for how you are and your surroundings impacts you. So that leads me to, if you don't have a live well recipe, that's okay. So start with a list of to do things for the day, little things, make a list of a bunch of things that you want to do, whether it's do the dishes, uh, make your lunch to take, uh, make your bed, pray, meditate, a little bit of exercise, uh, make that phone call that you had to that you've been putting off, like a whole bunch of things that you need and want to do and start ticking off a couple. Because I guarantee you, if you tick off a couple things, you're going to feel better. Because if you don't do anything, I don't even really need to answer that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're where you were energetically. And, and mentally and physically and spiritually, we've got to do something to shift where we're at when we don't feel well. And I know that because when I tried to get sober, it wasn't just a, I want to be sober and I was sober. It was a journey of fighting and resisting, but I had to get a baseline grounded level of well-being to draw on when I had the days that we all have where we don't feel so good. But also reaching out to others, to put that on the list. And really the list is a live well recipe. Very good, very good. Awesome, thank you. So now, you know what? We've got a whole list of questions, but I don't think we're gonna get through them all. But I know one of the things that we wanted to do uh, that we discussed is maybe doing like a brief meditation. So if we could, maybe we just take like five minutes to do a brief meditation and this is recorded. So if our audience wants to listen back to this as you need to, please feel free. Um, but Tina's gonna do a brief meditation with us for you know, five to seven minutes um, and you have the floor. Okay, thank you. I'm going to encourage uh, if you like, you can leave your video on or off. It's sometimes easier to, for you to experience it uh, if you don't have the video, but I guess people will be listening and they'll be alone primarily. So that would be different. So I'm just going to take us through a quick five minute grounding meditation that is relatable because I really believe in the power of the pause through my life living in fear in addictions and also understanding the body metaphysically, spiritually, emotionally, and having had cancer and how that happens. I believe that it's really all about the nervous system. And I know all the healthcare providers listening will be nodding and I simplify things a lot. So even if we say we don't like meditation or we don't have time, our bodies like it. And we all have a couple of minutes. Even if it's on the bathroom floor, if you're a mom with kids or you're having a bad day at work, go in the bathroom, sit somewhere in a closet. Because to afford and give ourselves a couple moments of what I'm going to share with you, and there's many other versions, you're 
you're dialing down and you're resetting your nervous system. And just like you're hearing it in my voice now, that calming, that softening, the frequency of the energy of the nervous system responds to sound. It responds to frequencies and the, the frenetic energy of life sometimes can weigh on us. And that's the stress that causes sickness. So underneath a meditation or a pause, because you can tailor it to what you prefer, you're really supporting your nervous system to reset in a positive, calming, grounding, better or healthier frequency. And it can be felt. So I encourage you to just take a moment. And if you've been listening and you're like, okay, I've only got a couple minutes, that was a couple minutes, fast forward to this moment or sit and think about what I said about it. But I'm going to start now. I'll get you to close your eyes. Wherever you're seated or however, get a little more comfortable and just take a big breath in. Nice big breath, expand the lungs. And then mouth open, just forcibly exhale that breath. And then sitting up tall with your eyes closed. And just come into this moment with me. This moment of self-care as meditation. As we settle in to give ourselves a little bit of love and care that we so easily give to others. We give back to ourselves, to us. Imagine breathing in care and love. We breathe in and we breathe out stress and strain. And that's a benefit that you are experiencing right now. As we sit, we slow ourselves down. A benefit you are experiencing right now is you're not multitasking. And we say to ourselves, I deserve this time for me. I am worthy. And my mind and body need this. And I want you to take comfort in the knowledge that as you sit, your nervous system is dialing down. Your immune system is being strengthened as we breathe. Your blood pressure is lowering and your heart rate eases. Your body thanks you and you feel a little bit better. 
as we breathe in care and love. And we breathe out stress and strain. As I sit, as we sit, we remind ourselves we are supporting our emotional health. As healthcare providers, we experience a lot of emotions day to day. Sometimes we hold them in, but we know we shouldn't do that as much as we do. But that's okay, because today, as we sit in meditation, we allow ourselves to feel. We feel safe in this moment. We remind ourselves that we are brave and strong. And that bit by bit, we realize, we begin to realize that we matter sometimes more than we're telling ourselves. It's a little sad, but true. But we sit, we meditate, and maybe we can commit to changing that narrative. I'm going to end the meditation with a little mantra I offer to you. As we breathe in love and care. We breathe out stress and strain. We breathe in hope to change. And the mantra I offer to you is... I commit to caring for myself. I deserve self-care because I am worthy. We breathe in love and care. We pause. We feel In this moment, we are no longer taking our bodies for granted. We choose to put a little oxygen mask on ourselves in our moment of meditation. In our moment to pause, to renew and restore. We'll end with one more breath. We breathe in love and care. And we exhale, letting go. We open our eyes if they're closed. And just let that settle in. Just as you started talking and you slowed your voice down, like I could feel my whole energy just like slowing down. It's amazing. 
Thank you so much for sharing that uh, with our audience. Appreciate you. Tina, for your time today, how can our audience find more about your book and your Live Well method um, or reach out to you if they're interested in like coaching or whatever um, they may be interested yeah. in? Uh, the meditations are online. They're digitally downloadable. I think they're $1.99. There's two free ones as well. My website is Tina Inspires. My Instagram is Tina Inspires. So if you follow me on Instagram at Tina Inspires, you can get to the, my book. You can get to my meditations. You can say hello. Ask me. I'll send. There's so many modalities that support and give you what I'm talking about. It's not just my offerings. There's so much out there. But where is it? So ask me and I can send you ideas. And also my book is available in all formats. It is called, I love the name, it lands so well. It's called The Courage to Be True. It's on Amazon, Audible, ebook, paperback. So you can find that on Amazon or through my website again. And I, I welcome um, questions, support. I do talks if you have a group of people that are interested. I do workshops and I can tailor it to the needs of the group. Just like I talked about the live well recipe, meeting you where you're at, all of our groups and, and organizations have different needs. So I'm all, I'm open to that, but I, I mostly can't stress the fact that what you're doing, Christina is the, the conversation. It's time we had more conversations about our struggles so that we can help each other because we're all struggling at the same time a lot of the time yes. and we're not alone and we don't need to do this alone this is amazing thank you so much so four strategies that we can take away from today so one is creating that task list putting mm -hmm. on there tasks that you have to do like we things we hate to do like washing dishes or washing clothes but also putting on those things on the list like um taking a walk in nature or eating a piece of fruit or drinking water things that are really simple that you can check yes, off and yes. your brain says oh i did that today hey um yeah. it's just really small but you did it for yourself and for your overall well-being um meditation you know like i said listen back to this this is recorded so you guys can listen to it anytime five minutes a day if you can do it a couple times a day of course that's better um so creating a self-care practice, right? Athletes practice to get better. Mm -hmm. So you need a daily self-care practice, whether it's something small, like just drinking water or taking a walk, but something that you do in a routine. Um, and then maybe creating your own mantra, right? Like what Tina just shared with us, you create your own every day of something that you want for yourself. Um, so I hope that you got a lot out of our podcast today. I want to thank Tina Roosevelt for being with us, for sharing your time with us. I know you're very busy with all your responsibilities and your book and your presentations, but I think our audience really got a lot out of this and I appreciate you. Well, thank you. I appreciate you as well, Christina. And to all the healthcare providers listening, thank you for your work and, and for being you. Take care.